please exhale. And now let's begin. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. If you're interested in exploring holistic wellness topics through a perspective that blends spirituality with science, I think you've found the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's figure out this life thing together. Always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Hey there, welcome to another episode. I'm Rosemary, your host. A quick housekeeping note before we get really started today. I changed my hosting platform and I've been told by a couple listeners that they lost their um, episodes they had already listened to. So I think also it unsubscribed you if you were subscribed. So I just want to give you a quick little note reminder that that's why. Um, And if you want to quickly, while you're thinking about it, while I'm right here telling you, go and hit that subscribe or follow button. I think depending on your platform that you use, it might say one of the two of those. And then turn on episode notifications because, as you might know if you've been around for a while, I'm not always 100% consistent with putting them out on the same day. I really try to get them out on Wednesdays, but then on weeks like this week, there was a holiday on Monday, and I was home with my kid, And then I had a last minute booking on Tuesday, so things just uh, piled up for me. So here it is Wednesday and I'm recording, so this episode is going out late, as they often do. So usually it's Wednesday or Thursday, um, but if you just subscribe and turn on the notifications, if it gives you that option, I know Spotify does because that's actually what I use mostly when I listen to podcasts, Um, you can click the three little dots and hit turn on notifications. It's not going to blow you up, like it's just going to give you a little notification on your phone whenever a new episode goes out because I don't email about that and I don't always post on social media um, right when I do. Usually it's a few days later. So if you want to stay on top of stuff, especially because sometimes I'll have an announcement like I did last week that's time sensitive, like about the new moon circle, which by the way, um, we had a great time. So I hope Yeah, we'll plan to come next month. You can go to the same link, yogiscopes.com slash newmooncircle, and just sign up, and then you'll get the um, email reminder with the Zoom link for when it happens. I haven't um, updated it for next month's date, but you can just count on it'll be the day of the new moon at 8 p.m. Eastern time, and it's just a chance to have some community. Y'all can ask me questions. Um, I'll go over the astrology and some yoga practices of the new moon. And then we get to talk about, you know, I'll have some some practices, whether that be like a yoga practice, a meditation, um, a journaling practice, something like whatever I feel is relevant to the specific new moon. Um, And we'll get to do that. And you can share or you can not share. You can just be there and feel like you're part of the community. You can talk, but no pressure. Like I'm not going to shine a spotlight on you or put you on the spot. We'd love to have you. So just head to that link, yogiscopes.com slash newmooncircle. I'll put it in the show notes again if you want to just click um, and just sign up and it's free. And then also in less than two weeks now is the very first full moon circle that's in person. So you can go to my website and sign up for that um, if you don't know the details yet. I've been talking about it. So if you're new around here, it's going to be in person just outside of Asheville It'll be really good if you go to yogiscopes.com slash 
store. That's where you'll be able to see that. It has all the details there, the time, all the cool stuff we'll be doing. It'll be really awesome. And I'd love to see you there. And then so with that said, to that kind of inspired today's episode because so part of what we'll be talking about there is Ayurveda for living seasonally because we're on the precipice of fall, autumn here in the northern hemisphere, uh, which is also called Vata season in Ayurveda. So I've introduced this briefly on the podcast before, um, and that's actually not completely what I'm talking about because we're not there yet. So I want to give you the information ahead of time, but not so much ahead of time that it's not relevant or useful. So I figured today I would cover another topic from yoga philosophy that gives us the groundwork and reasoning behind the Ayurvedic practices. So this concept is called Pratyapaksha Bhavana, and it comes from the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, which is one of the source texts of yoga philosophy. Um, They're just little verses. And so Pratyapaksha Bhavana is a little bit related, a little bit not. Okay, so it means cultivate the opposite. It actually translates to um, Pratyapaksha, translates to opposite, and Bhavana a little more complex. This is why I often harp on why it's good to just know the Sanskrit terms because they're rich with a lot of meaning that just translating it to English doesn't always completely capture. So bhavana translates, some people say cultivation, but I've also heard it translate to contemplation or meditation. So it just depends on which translation of the source text you read. And so that's where I'm developing all of this knowledge from because I don't know Sanskrit beyond um, just comparing a lot of other people's interpretations. So that's what we do, right? We um, look into all these rich versions of meaning that that just add more layers to what this means. So Pratyapaksha Bhavana means cultivate the opposite. um, And it could also mean meditate on the opposite. Which So in the Yoga Sutras... The specific Yoga Sutra like verse that this comes from is Pada 2, which is basically chapter 2, verse 33. So 2.33 is how you'll often see it written. Um, when disturbed by negative thoughts, cultivate the opposite mental attitude is the sutra. So this is actually in reference to the nama, Yamas and Niyamas, which I have gone over in a previous episode, but they're the first two limbs of yoga They are basically the rules that yoga philosophy gives us to govern ourselves within the world and govern ourselves within ourselves. Like, so within the world, for example, is like nonviolence, right? Non-stealing, being truthful, those kind of things. And then within ourself, it's like cleanliness and uh, conserving your energy, which is sometimes that brahmacharya is sometimes translated as celibacy, sometimes translated as conserving your energy, right? So, um, it's another one of those things. Sanskrit word contains a lot more rich meaning than just any one English word it could translate to, could capture. Um, so I've covered another episode on that. That's not really the point here, but so I just want to give you the background, the full background of what this piece of philosophy is related to cultivate the opposite. So 
it's saying if you have um, like disturbing mental thoughts, like say you have a violent thought. And a violent thought, I don't necessarily mean like sociopath type stuff, like considering hurting other people, like physically violent. Like maybe you do, and that's not, you know, I'm not trying to give a valence judgment there. But like if you have an angry thought, like say you're in traffic and something makes you really angry, right? Um, or if you have a thought about telling a lie, I think that one might be a little bit more relatable, right? Because the word violence has a lot of connotations again. So um, that's another example of where the Sanskrit translation of ahimsa, of nonviolence, just kind of misses the mark a little bit. Like there's more to it than just physical violence, right? So then asteya, truth-telling, um, or like non-lying is maybe a little bit easier to think about. So if you ever think about telling a little white lie or whatever, that's what this kind of means. If you have these negative thoughts, you should cultivate the opposite mental attitude. And so that is strictly speaking what Pratyapaksha Bhavana means. But the reason I'm bringing it in here before Next week, I tell you more specifically about the Ayurveda for Vata season is because this is the basis of how we figure out what Ayurvedic practices to do. And so under Ayurveda, which is a sister science of yoga, I don't actually have the source text reference for you, but I just hear it said a lot from various teachers to that with Ayurveda, like increases like, so opposites bring balance. And that's just what gets repeated over and over again. But you can come back to that, cultivate the opposite, right? So it relates to positive and negative thoughts, right? If you are experiencing negative thoughts, that's why we do gratitude practices. And so that's very evidence-based too. I had I don't know if y'all have listened to the episode with Dr. Marie Cross. She it's called the science of smiling, I think, or maybe I titled it the science of positivity because that's what she studies is kind of like positive affect and smiles and all of how those things are related. Super fantastic, uh, fantastic and interesting work she does. But one of the things she shared with us was the evidence behind a gratitude practice, um, that it really does increase positive outcomes, right? So I always want to recognize that we can't just swing all the way into toxic positivity, but cultivating happy thoughts and like striving for that is a reasonable and very good goal to have, right? So I'm not trying to tell you to ignore your negative emotions or stuff them down, but there is a time and a place for just trying to choose something different, right? And then so the Upanishads give us a quote that, which is another one of the source texts of yoga, that I think I brought this in related to the Kleshas. I don't know. I've shared it on another episode before, but it's really good. Um, so it says, you are what your deepest desire is, as is your desire, so is your intention, as your, as is your intention, so is your will, as is your will, so is your deed, and as is your deed, 
so is your destiny. And so that to me speaks to this um, thoughts thing, like whatever you're thinking about all the time, you kind of like bring that about in that way. And those steps are how you bring that about. You know, when you think about something a lot, then you start to set intentions around that. And then when you set intentions around something, you usually act it out in some way, or at least you might feel bad if you don't. So then over time, slowly, incrementally, our behavior changes. That's why we set intentions. Um, because you'll start to act in alignment with them. And especially the more you check in with that intention and your intention comes from your desires, right? Like you wouldn't set an intention for something you didn't desire. Um, and then the more you do some, like whatever, the more you live in alignment with a certain intention or goal, you'll get there eventually, you know, it might take a long time, but you know, this isn't, I'm not talking about instant gratification here. So that's what, like I've done episodes about the manifestation and stuff. And I, it's not what I'm here to talk about right now, but I do acknowledge all that, that like, you can't just sometimes saying like, just vibrate higher or whatever. Or like, if you have negative outcomes in your life, it's because you weren't vibrating high enough with your thoughts. I think that's not true. Um, but I do think there is something to it, right? That how you think impacts how you act and how you act impacts your outcomes, but it's a little bit more spread over out over time. There is no instant gratification. But so all that's to say, that's the yoga philosophy reason behind why Pratyapaksha Bhavana works for um, creating good outcomes in your life, just related to positive and negative thoughts related to the yamas and niyamas. But it's also relevant to Ayurveda, and that's why I bring it in now, because I was going to talk about Vata season this week, but I don't know about you all, I live in North Carolina, and even though I live in the mountains of North Carolina, where it is about 10 degrees cooler than the rest of the state, you know, because I have family in some other sections of the state, and I just went and visited them, and it is always hotter there, so for them, it does not feel like twinges of fall at all, and so same thing, if you're higher elevation than I am, or further north, it might already start to feel like fall, like Vada season, and we can see it a little bit here in the mountains, like I'm starting to see some red and yellow leaves, but it's still hot, and according to Ayurveda, we are still in Pitta season, which is that fiery summer, right, so I don't want to tell, I want to tell you before you need it, but not this much before, so I figured I'd tell you about why we arrive at those practices, um, which is Pratyapaksha Bhavana, cultivate the opposite. So in Ayurveda, they often say like increases like. So naturally it would flow that if you're having problems from, say, the cold weather, you would need to create some warmth in your life. Or if you're having, say, dry skin, if you get dry skin in the wintertime, you want to add in like oils and stuff. It's because, I mean, this is like, it seems so simple and intuitive, right? Like, if your skin's dry, put on lotion or oils, but I will say oils because I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, man, but I think chapstick dries your lips out more. It's a conspiracy so that you buy more chapstick, right? Um, which sounds silly, but that's why I ayurveda it, but it's, I think it's true. If you look at the ingredients on chapstick sometimes, um, 
it includes alcohol, which dries your skin out. So anyway, um, that's just one of those things. Like I hear people say in fall, they're like, it's soup season, right? Cause we want to eat warming foods. Who wants to come home on a hot summer day and eat like a hot bowl of soup? Like, you know, those foods that warm you up from the inside out, like, uh, people drink warm teas or pumpkin spice season. So I'm, I'm a little bit getting there into some of the practices, for Vada season, but we'll definitely get way more in depth next week on the podcast episode. And then the week after, um, if you are able to make it to the full moon mini retreat, we'll be able to go over more specific practices for you personally based on your type. So I give you the more general overview next week, but I'm just using them as examples this week to talk about. So like in the summertime, we like to drink cold drinks because it's pitta season. The fire element is increased because actually, you know, I mean, this makes sense from a scientific basis because the sun is up for longer. It's hotter outside, right? So if you look at it that way, we still consider doing cooling practices in the summer. And Ayurveda just looks at it as like by the elements, which is a beautiful simplification. Some people might say an oversimplification, but I think it's so simple that it's foolproof, in my opinion. This um, reducing things to the five elements, and then it's just, I mean, it's so intuitive, right? It just works. You treat cold with warmth. You treat dryness with moistness. You treat heaviness with lightness. So like in the wintertime, in kappa season, in the dead of winter, you know, when everything's like dead and it's just really dark and everything has retreated to the earth because kappa is characterized by the earth element, earth and water, in fact. Um, so you think about it like all the plants retreat into the earth. They'll come back, but for now they're they're not blooming, most of them. Like almost nothing blooms in the winter. And so why do we as people expect that we should? Anyway, that's beside the point. But so um, if you get that heavy feeling... Or as my brother, I interviewed him, and he was like the first interview I had on the podcast. Um, he calls it bulking season because it intuitively makes sense to just put on a little weight in the winter. Like we're mammals, and most mammals do that. They bulk up to have that extra heaviness, that extra layer of fat to maintain warmth through the winter. And so you might physically get a little heavier Um, but that might make you emotionally feel heavier too, especially related to all the dark. And so you would treat that with lightness. You would, sometimes people do light therapy for that. Or if you eat lighter foods, it will help combat that. So it's just all these, it, it opens up a whole wide range of tools with Ayurveda. Um, it could be dietary, it could be yoga practices, it could be other practices that might not really be considered yoga, like getting light therapy, Um, but when you break it down so simple, treat heaviness with lightness, like, okay, what creates lightness for me, right? And then treat mobility with stability. And so that's another thing that could look, um, like several different ways. Like if you're hypermobile in your joints, like you're super flexible in yoga, like yoga practices feel like they come naturally to you because you're already super flexible, um, then you might benefit more from some strengthening exercises so that you don't um, get injuries, 
right, from stretching too much because if you stretch too much and your muscle doesn't need to stretch anymore, then you're stretching connective tissue and you might get injuries that way. And then so same thing for all of these that I just said, like the opposite is true. So if um, it's you would treat stability, which I guess stability is not the right word because stability is a good thing, right? So um, stability to a point of being obstinate, I guess, or um, stuck, you would treat stuckness or stagnance with mobility, like some, some flexibility yoga practices, more stretching, like, you know, um, bodybuilders and how some of them, their muscles get so big that their joints don't even like open all the way. They would treat that extreme stability, that extreme strength with more flexibility practices. They would need that more than somebody who's hypermobile and can hyperextend their joints, that person would benefit from more stretching or sorry, strengthening practices. And so that also that mobility with stability does not only apply to physical practices. It's like in Vata season when things start, the winds of change come in, right? Things get windier, things start changing. It we benefit from having a more stable schedule. That's how we would, or when if you just feel off kilter because your things get crazy, having the stability of a schedule or routines, right? Those kind of things are another way to look at that treating mobility with stability. So it's just so beautifully simple that it almost seems like duh sometimes, right? But there's so many things that can come out of it, come out of this framework that make it more complicated but just pretty much, in my opinion, covers all the bases. Um, but then this Pratyapaksha Bhavana concept also applies to, um, if you ever feel kind of stuck or you need to make a decision um, or you need to just try something different. Um, so this relates to pain, right? And that could mean physical pain or uh, so any other, you know, think of like pain points. You know, if you ever are in like a business meeting and they're like, what are the pain points here? Like what's holding us up, right? Pain is a signal that you need to try something different. And the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, right? I think that comes from the rooms, the NANAA rooms, but... um Pratyapaksha Bhavana. If something's not working, if you're hitting a pain point, whether that's physical pain or um, a lack of productivity per se or anything else, you're getting signals that you need to try something different, signals that what you're doing is not working. We need to listen to those signals and then choose the opposite. And, and maybe that's again where it's like maybe opposite isn't the best word. Like, some things don't have polar opposites, but um, you think of the concepts of stira and sukha. I often offer these options in my yoga classes. Stira means effort. Sukha means ease. And so I will sometimes offer an option, and I'm like, okay, let's say from gate pose, which is the one where you've got one hand down, one knee down, and your opposite leg is stretched out. And some people, you can enter side plank from there. It's sometimes called like a modified side plank. You can pick that bottom knee up and take a side plank. And 
I teach power yoga classes, vinyasa style power yoga classes. And I often offer people, I'm like, what do you normally do? Um, you know, I'm like, choose the opposite. You can also, instead you can keep the knee down and you can reach that top hand overhead and find a really nice side body stretch there. And I'll tell people, I'm like, if you're always go, 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 and you need to cultivate more ease in your life, take the stretch. If you're all, if you've been feeling stagnant, take the side plank. And what I see often is people come to a power yoga class because they want to get a workout and so they're going to take the side plank no matter what. They're usually very high pitta constitution folks, very fire element, very go, 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 right? Um, and so we get stuck in these ways of being, and that's okay to a degree. You know, you want to, you have a, a prominent dosha for a reason, vada, pitta, or kapha, um, or sometimes people have a prominent two, but one of them will usually be more dominant. So I'm pitta myself. Pitakapa, in fact, um, and so I get that. I get. I let. That's why I like teaching power yoga because that's been my practice for a long time. But sometimes you got to slow it down. If so, that's what I mean. If it starts causing you problems, for a lot of people, it makes them very successful to be that way, and that's fine. But if it starts causing you problems, if you get injuries, if you get um, like too hot, you get hot flashes. Right? There's all kinds of things, ways that this could manifest. Um, if it starts causing you problems, then cultivate the opposite. That's my point, right? So some people, they're like, no, I like doing the side plank because it helps boost my pit. I feel more productive after I do a very fiery warming practice, you know, and other people actually, in fact, the ones I, and I can't say this like beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, but some of my students that I've known more well, they choose the suka option, the easy option, and that's what they always choose. And so I imagine that could almost cause some more problems in their life where they might feel stagnant more often than the folks who choose stira, the side plank option more often, right? So that also relates to, do you tend to cut yourself slack a lot or not enough? You know, and, and most people, um, we go through these cycles. Maybe you notice that you're not cutting yourself slack enough and then you cut yourself slack so much until you're cutting yourself slack too much and you need a swift kick in the butt. You know, that's why sometimes we need some outside perspective, whether that's an Ayurvedic practitioner, an astrology reading, um, or just a friend, business coach, whatever, um, counselor to say, Hey, I noticed like that. How does that seem to be working for you doing that over and over again? Maybe you should try something different. Right, so all that's to say, Pratyapaksha Bhavana, it works for for just kind of really any issues you have. That's what yoga philosophy and Ayurveda tell us. So I've given you examples from the Yoga Sutras, from the Upanishads, and uh, sorry I didn't get you an actual relevant link from Ayurveda, you know, the the Sanskrit, you know, the ancient text, but I will tell you, like increases like, cultivate the opposite to bring balance in Ayurveda. So if, whether that's negative thoughts, whether that's stagnancy in your life, whatever the issue is, you can cultivate the opposite of the symptoms of that issue, Pratipakshapavana, to find some relief from it. And that can look like a lot of things. That can look like doing the opposite in your yoga practice, 
like taking a nice easy yoga practice if you're having if you're feeling too stressed stretched too thin or something do a restorative class or it can be with your diet if you're cold all the time or have bad circulation eat warming foods or the opposite if you're having hot flashes eat cooling foods you know and some things like iced coffee um are kind of a contradiction because coffee increases that fire element and the ice increases the vata, the cool cooling element. So it's, it hits a little different, but, um, the idea is there, right? Think about what it increases most for you. And that's all it's about. Just cultivating awareness. When I do this thing, what qualities does it bring about in my mind, my spirit, my body? And is that working for me or do I need to cultivate the opposite? So that's it. Pratyapaksha Bhavana. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, stay tuned next week for the specific Ayurvedic practices for the fall season. If you want to learn even more, try to be in person for our full moon mini retreat on the 20th on the day of the full moon, also happening the week of the fall equinox. You'll get more personalized insights then go to yogiscopes.com store to sign up. And another little reminder that if you got unsubscribed when I switched my platforms, I apologize, but just go hit subscribe again. Or if you haven't subscribed already, that'll get you notifications when I put out new episodes. And if you haven't left a review, please do. I really love reading them. I love hearing from you all. On That's on Apple Podcasts. And let's connect on Facebook, Instagram, or by email. You can go to yogiscopes.com. That's my website. You can book readings there. You can find out about events like the new moon and full moon events. You can jump on my email list and get new moon and full moon reports. Or just go to Yogi Scopes, Y-O-G-I-S-C-O-P-E-S on Facebook or Instagram. I sincerely love hearing from you all. I'm grateful that you're here. Please remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. 